This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. I'm Bargasso, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 156 of the Runny Drink Podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another exciting episode. You know when I am just giddy. Beaming, even. Yes. I know why you're beaming. Of course. And if anyone has tuned in for the last two episodes, then you all know why, too. We are, yeah, we are very fortunate to be rounding out our interview this week with the mayor of running, the man, the myth, the legend, Bart Yasso. Oh, yeah. We hope that you guys have been enjoying this series. We have had so much fun revisiting that talk that we had with him. and He's just such a positive guy. So full of stories to inspire. I could listen to that interview all three parts over and over and over again. Yeah. And what kills me is that we had that amazing 90 minute talk with him that was not planned. He was so good about it. He was, you know, we and had agreed on 45 minutes and he, and you stopped in the middle and said, you know, well, we, we've hit the 45 minute mark do you have to go and he's no no, no, i'm good i just have to i just have to be done at this time and you know he and he just kept going and kept telling stories and it wasn't even half of what was in his book no and that was what i was gonna say what kills me is we had 90 minutes with him and we just scratched the surface with him he's had such an amazing career and Mm -hmm. he's seen and done so much and he's been around and part of running royalty over years just incredible he's just so approachable and so easy to talk to yeah and we're hopeful that as you all are continuing your running training in 2021 as you're heading into this yeah uncharted territory that is this year coming off of the weirdness that was 2020 yeah we're hoping that you can find some inspiration from him Mm. and maybe some helpful suggestions as well. Yes, and you know what excites me about this episode in particular is that we, well, I don't want to spoil it. I'll talk about it. it. I'll talk about it after this part of the interview. Okay. Okay. So I'm really excited for this part of the interview and see if you can guess why. Okay. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So that's going to be really the the main thrust of the running portion of this week's show. But then we have some amazing food and beverage. 
We do. We have explored and indulged around town. Yeah. Well, not our town, but well, our neighboring town. Yeah. Out, just outside our town. Yeah. Most of you know, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, Amy and I live in the coastal city of Cape Coral, Florida. That's about two yes. hours south of Tampa on the Gulf Coast. We're about three hours away from Disney. Yep. So and we're about basically a day trip away from everything cool. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Key West. Yeah. Jacksonville, mm-hmm. even. So. <laughs> longer trip, but I was, yes. I was longer, say, it's a longer day trip, but yeah. Well, no, I was going to say you could drive to the Panhandle, but I'm like, no, no. I said the cooler parts of Florida. <laughs> well, they are. All of the cities that we have just named are so cool. But what is really lucky for us is that. We are maybe 15 minutes away from Fort Myers, and the downtown Fort Myers area has, we we have covered the downtown house of pizza from downtown Fort Myers. Is when that we, the last time we went to downtown Fort Myers when for the we, show? Oh, I think think it was when we did the cops and joggers put on by the fort myers police department and yeah i think you're right and we've we benefiting the fallen officers fund and the brotherhood ride and yes now we have featured a beer or two from from a brewery down there oh yeah millennial Mm -hmm. but dining wise i think you're right i think (sighs) that's the last time we featured food yeah wow. okay i good yeah. memory yeah mm-hmm. look at the big brain on amy wow it's not that big let's be real so <laughs> come on but we did we decided on saturday to make a, a brunch morning outing and we've been on the brunch kick lately we have. We've and been on the brunch kick and like the warm winter soups and stews and chilies thing Yes. Yeah. And this week's really no no exception. So food-wise, we found an amazing oh. place in downtown Fort Myers that has, over the last couple of years, really become a major gathering place in yeah. downtown Fort Myers. And they've just recently opened a second location. So excited for them. And that is The Standard. The Standard. And we're going to be talking about some brunch items from The Standard. And then... I can't wait to go back and just try more from the brunch menu and, oh, I know. and from the regular menu, all the menus, all the things. Well, see, it's not just brunch, but the brunch, their brunch game is strong. Oh, yeah. And then we are going in a different direction yet again with the beverages. Yes. So, oh, we love coffee. If you follow us on social media at all it's no secret we post at least one coffee meme a day Mm -hmm. amy does a almost daily coffee break live coffee chat coffee break whatever you want to call it i don't know with everybody on instagram Mm -hmm. and we legitimately I know both of us probably drink coffee a good portion of the day until at least lunch (laughs) Yeah, I would say uh, if I drink it in the evening, then it should really be an adult coffee. But I will Amy tell has you. Rules. She has coffee I, rules. I have rules. Does anybody else have coffee rules? Let me know. 
info runeatdrink.net mm-hmm. if you have coffee rules if you have coffee rules some hash- people do hashtag though. coffee rules For your coffee rules a little more recreational some people have coffee rules like they'll do caffeinated coffee in the morning until a certain time and then after that it's decaf decaf yeah or uh, adulted up coffee give me some Kahlua and Baileys and whatever else yeah Bushmills Mm. oh whiskey yes irish coffee right that's a different set of rules i'm so sorry now i'm just lost in thinking of all the different possibilities nighttime coffee can bring to me (laughs) and then the main thing is don't confuse those recipes so don't start your day out (laughs) that's a whole different result of your day if you do that probably just blew out the audio with the laughter but no seriously you know why this segment, this drink segment is of interest to me is because we have had, like, for example, we have had a cupping of coffee. We've had a pour over. We've had owner Caleb McPherson from Narrative get on here and just talk highfalutin coffee language that I had no idea about with you. And you always are so quick to point out that I went to you coffee went to coffee college, college. In, in yes. when I was in college because I worked for a company that sent all of its employees uh-huh. to a two week coffee school. Yeah, you got a little taste of that. I went to it was like a two hour coffee connoisseur tasting and certification class. You, you even got you even got a certificate. You're yeah. a certified coffee connoisseur now. I am. But I thought I was a coffee connoisseur before. But now you have a piece of paper that says it. Yes. That makes it official. Mm, Yeah. So it was interesting, and it was also interesting to look at your facial expressions. I'll talk more about that in the drink segment of our show. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about this coffee (sighs) seminar that we went to, the amazing, amazing hotel in downtown fort myers that hosted it makes you want to have a staycation it absolutely does Mm -hmm. and we're gonna Mm -hmm. let you guys Mm -hmm. in on all of that so that's what's coming up in this week's episode of the show so we are super excited that you guys are here yeah i probably have belabored this and gone on and on about this whole coffee situation and i know you know what based on the number of people that show up to your coffee chats i think that we have a lot of kindred spirits out there when it comes to the coffee situation i agree wholeheartedly i think they're going to enjoy that portion so we'll get back to that in a, in a bit but enough with the banter onto the show onto the running portion and yes. before we do the interview yeah. i actually want to congratulate you why well this morning we went out for our morning run and this was in the, quotation marks you okay you say that you actually ran and I didn't even do that because I had both dogs in tow and they were wanting to chase rabbits this morning. We have little cottontail. You didn't cotton chase tail. them? You didn't run with them? Oh, no. I We have cottontail rabbits in our neighborhood. No. And I had the dogs on short leads. I have some six-point Schutzen leads that I can actually loop over my body mm-hmm. to keep them very close to me. Yeah. And I basically was almost being dragged by these two dogs because they were wanting to either chase you mm-hmm. or chase the bunnies, mm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. Because down here in Florida, we're still having a little bit of a cold snap. Which is so nice. I, and we better enjoy it while we can. I know we say cold snap and it's like in quotations because... It's all relative. It's all relative depending on where you are. Given we woke up this morning, it was 50 degrees. 
and that for Yay. us that's very chilly and it's very pleasant. I love it. It's a it's about a forty five to forty eight degree delta from our hottest days of the year where yeah. we live. Mm. So we very much welcome this kind of weather for the short amount of time that we get it any during Indeed. the year. And we went out for our run and Amy got to do some running. She did some short intervals. Like and, five seconds. And you looked great. At a clip. That's and I'm not telling you, it's not like running. He is giving me more credit than I deserve, I think, because it was more like a shuffle. She was running. Yeah. And very slowly, like a turtle. Great posture. Good turnover. Everything I was seeing mechanically looked fantastic. I, and it was the longest distance, I think, that you've gone since uh, surgery. Yeah, it was. So that was a real, I think it was a nice accomplishment. It's something to celebrate. Oh, it was close to two miles. That's fantastic. All said and done because the TheraBeast. Hashtag TheraBeast. Kristen, she, was, she said, go out there. We've been talking about just like shuffling for half a mile. But see what a mile feels like. And I broke it up into a warm-up walk and then a little bit of just let's shuffle a little bit like a drill, like a cadence drill, like an acceleration glider. That's what it looked like, yeah. To see how it would feel getting in and out. And it feels like I'm plodding along. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly, if you've been out of it, how quickly you feel like you're, you've lost some of it. Yeah. But it's also going to come back quickly. I'm plodding along, but it feels good to try that again, to get back out there again. And you, I, I think the danger is to you remember how it was and then you want to get back there so fast and you think oh it's not going to take me any time to get back there fast i'll get back to where i was when i was having a pr and blah 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 and it's just and you can't that the temptation is to to beat yourself up and want to get there faster and i think it's i i want to focus on the small victories and enjoying the journey very smart I know that's like cliche. And no. Uh, look, okay. it's not. And it's also a good approach to take to keep yourself from re-injuring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the main thing. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So a little running update for Amy there. That was fantastic to see you were kicking butt. Thanks. So yeah. yay. I'm yay. shouting you out. Yay. But now. And hey, just as we round out and we head into the interview. Mm -hmm. I would just like to shout out everybody in the Runcation Nation that was putting in miles toward a, a big virtual or putting in miles at an actual live race this, is true. this weekend. We, we had several people. And we also still have members of the Runcation Nation working towards finishing their Donna. Yeah, like Don, Don B. Disney. So And me. Yes. I'm still trying to do it eventually. This is baby steps towards the accomplishment yeah. of that virtual goal. So yeah. keep it up, guys. Mm -hmm. You're almost there. Yay. We got and we got twenty what, twenty five days, twenty six days left in the month. So there's plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah. So now you guys are caught up on on Amy's 
running adventures, my misadventures with the dogs and the cottontails that are in the neighborhood. Without you were out there looking after me, and I appreciate it. The dogs were, too. They were wanting to catch up to you. but <laughs> um, Anyway, we don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer. We know That's if you've true. been listening the last couple of weeks, you're incredibly excited to hear the conclusion of this interview. We yeah. are thrilled to be able to bring it to you. The man doesn't really need an introduction. We you have know. introduced him. We have doted on him for the last couple of weeks. So let's get to it. This is part three of our interview with the mayor of running. Bart Yasso. You talk a lot about focusing on the wrong things in running and deciding to pivot your focus as you entered your 40s, which led you to win your first marathon yeah. age 43. I loved that story. Yeah. Uh, now we're back of the pack runners. Yeah, and totally. We're, we're probably not going to win any races, but we love running and, and we see the magic in running. And I, I want to hear from you. What do you think that us or runners like us ought to focus on in our training and what, what pitfalls should we avoid? Yeah. Overtraining is the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, I wish. So when I won that marathon, I cut my mileage back to like 70 miles a week. And that's when I was running really well. And, you know, I was in my mid forties and was starting to slow down just because I was getting older, but being smarter with my training really helped me out. So I always tell people that you got to find the, the training plan that works for you. Look at a plan that you think really helps you you know, that would really is a good fit for you and then tweak that to what you need, you know, based on family life, work, mm. all the things you juggle balance, yeah. uh, and balance it out that the pro the program really works for you. And the key is the key to our sport is to stay injury free and listening to your body is so key. I, I heard, I saw some uh, post on Instagram, a runner that I know said, oh, you know, when you feel like crap at mile one and two and everything hurts, push on and go up to 10 miles. And I thought, wow, now I know why that person sends me an email like once a month on their injury. So uh, <laughs> I, sent a met I said, you got to listen to your body. If your body's, if you're really hurting, like you shouldn't push on. That's your yeah. body sending you a signal to back off. So. Yeah. I really, I don't get running injuries because I really don't, I don't push myself that much anymore. And I really, mm -hmm. I stay within myself 25 miles a week. Yeah. If I can get 25 miles a week, I am so happy. Yeah. It's three and four mile runs. And, you know, the pace I'm running is literally, I run half the speed I used to run. And it's, I, I'm fine with it. I, the one the one thing that never changed with me, I never lost the joy of that, that I get out of running. And I never lost the passion to be a runner. I did slow down tremendously. And, uh, you know, I can't do the mileage I used to, but I, it doesn't mean anything. So I, I, and I always tell new runners that are out there, you know, people that are going to newer to the sport, you got to think of being a runner for life. And if you take that attitude, you're going to look that way and say, okay, I'm not feeling real well today. I'll back off and, or not run at all, do something mm -hmm. else to use an elliptical or something. And then 
that's going to keep you uninjured, that you're going to be happier and stay in the sport a lot longer. Mm. Hopefully for life, because it is a sport yeah. you can do for life. And that's how I, I could go out there and push myself a little bit harder, but I know I'd get injured and there's no fun in that. So I don't no. do that. And it's not benefiting you. <laughs> no. No. And I'm, the biggest mistake people make is overtraining. If you go to a race undertrained, you're going to be so much better off than going to a race overtrained. It's better to do that because I think that you can then adjust your pace. And, and that's why negative splits exist. That's why yeah. that, that's what I think is going out conservatively and, and slower. And we e-coach with Jeff Galloway. All of that you have said about running injury free and being the captain of your own ship, he says, and yeah. you know, you're in control of that pace and you can slow and then you can take charge and finish strong. Right. Yeah. So. Jeff, Jeff he's his first marathon was like 56 years ago. Guy's amazing. <laughs> I know. He's a machine. It's he is a just he is a machine. Yeah. I mean, he's in mid 70s, still going yeah. strong, looks great. Fuel, fueled by coca-cola and, and like yeah i think we were on the donna <laughs> marathon course and we saw him he passed us because all the corrals were were together and so, right. so he was he was passing us and we saw in his pocket his defizzed Dr. De pepper <laughs> it was fantastic <laughs> that was uh that was in that's what they put in eight stations years ago yeah that's that is just yeah. crazy First couple of marathons I did, I believe maybe they had two aid stations in a marathon. Two? Wow. And, you know, there was water and then they had what they called defiz coat. So, yeah. yeah. As a race director would buy these liters of coat, take the caps off on like Wednesday. So by Sunday, there was there no fizz in it and they just pour them in cups and that's what yeah. Yeah, it was much, much different than, and there was never a morsel of food on a course. Oh, wow. And never, ever, ever a bathroom on the course. I mean, <laughs> Get creative. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it is such a different world these days. I would think I had 20 marathons under my belt till this thing called the finisher medal came along. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. I, re I remember being at a half marathon one time outside of Seattle and they didn't have finisher medal and this was after medal started becoming popular mm -hmm. and uh these runners finished and they were like where's our medal on the race director oh we don't have medals and uh, oh they said you can that's impossible every race has medals and i said no not really <laughs> and uh and so they would they uh i ended up connecting with with people they ended up buying their own medals at some place and making oh, their own wow. medals and, yeah I mean, it meant that much to them. So, you know, yeah. but that's there are do it yourself ones out there. They built a running memory. Yeah. That you can make it. Yeah. 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 But that's one of those things that's changed in, yeah. in the sport. And it started off when the finisher medal first started showing up, it was only in the marathon mm. and it, and then all of a sudden the half marathon started to do it. And then all yeah. the distance started to do it. It's, it's a fun thing for people. I like that yeah. that happened, but that yeah. was, uh, that was not around in the beginning. But really on this, what you guys need, you know, you guys have it figured out. Just make, keep it fun and make yes. what's enjoyable to you. Don't yeah. say, oh, I have to be this person or this person, you know, 
that's not what it's about. The sport, yeah. you can have so much fun with it. You can travel all over the place. You uh, can see the world through running. Yeah. yeah. But to do that, you need to stay injury-free, keep it fun. Yes. Uh, I always tell young, young kids always ask me, you know, they want to, they want a job like I had when they, you know, get out of college and all this stuff. And I said, well, you know, you better keep it fun. I mean, go out and race hard. And that doesn't mean you don't race hard, but you've got to keep this sport fun or you're not going to be doing it. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. These kids that live down the street from me, I mean, they look at me, and you know, Medicare carrying retired guy, <laughs> you know, these kids are, uh, the twins are nine and the other kids 11. Wow. Uh, you know, they, they, it's so fun to have them run in my yard and I time them and stuff, but they think you still run. And I go, yes, of course I still run. I run by your house all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but they look at me that I'm so old. I can't believe someone my age can run, but I, I was probably the same way when I was, you know, their age. So it's just yeah. different. Not only do you run, you could probably, you could definitely teach them a thing or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of fun with them. It's, it's really kind of cool. Well, now you meant, you mentioned the overtraining being the worst thing to do. And we are, yeah. we are heading into the, you're in the shoot to the finish line for our interview here yes. today, but yeah. your, your comment about overtraining being one of the worst things you could do yeah. leads us into a listener question. Yes. Um, okay from one of our patrons on Patreon, Rob Nadal. Mm -hmm. He asks, most if not all sports have an off season. It seems that uh, running does not have one. Yeah. Can recreational run runners benefit from an off season? And what could one do besides running during that time if a short break is taken? Yeah. Rob has a great question. The answer is yes. Everyone should take some downtime. And I still suggest running a little bit, but, you know, if you have a, a watch on, don't look at it. Don't have it beep at the mile or half mile. Yeah. Turn the sound off, whatever you can do, because you just want to go out there and run for joy and just to be outside and just mm. to be part of the running, but back off. And I think it's yeah. a great thing to do because it'll keep you in your sport a lot, in the sport a lot longer. Uh, I, you know, one of the few things that always helped me is I always liked to cycle. Nice. And I said, you know, I did triathlon and did the Ironman and all that stuff years ago. Well, you biked across the country. I did that twice. Yes. Two I now associate you with Pizza Hut. Yeah. Yeah. With that story you tell I, in your book about Pizza I, Hut. I, I ate a lot of pizza in my day. <laughs> and Taco uh, Bell. I associate you yeah. with Taco Bell too, but for a whole different reason. <laughs> right. The borough that I raced. Yeah, for the borough racing. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's so funny when I when I speak to a lot of running clubs, you know, some of the clubs, you know, I meet a lot of people that are do a lot of triathlons and ride a lot of bikes. And I, I always tell people, out of all the fun I had in running, the most fun athletic thing I've ever done was riding my bike across the U.S. twice. I mean, it is an unbelievable way to see the country just cruising along at like 15 miles an hour on a bicycle and meeting mm. people and taking it all in and seeing the difference in towns. And yeah, as you go along, you know, it's amazing how our fabric of this country is set up and you really understand it when you're on a bike, if you're on the interstate doing 70 miles an hour, 
you don't Not get so much, yeah. But on the bike, <laughs> you can really see it. And you know, I was solo both times, so I had yeah. to rely on stopping and getting food and stuff. So I met a lot of people, and that was yeah. pretty interesting. To so there's a lot of people that never leave the town that they live in. I mean, right. within 30 or 40 miles from where they live and they're cool with that. It's amazing to me. Uh, and I really got to experience that. Uh, it was by far the, the coolest athletic thing I've ever done was right across the U S twice. Wow. Now I've teased you about Taco Bell and I've teased you about pizza hut. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But we have an eating question from one of our patrons as well. Okay. From one of our listeners, uh, Susie. Susie Bex, she asks, what is your go-to race day breakfast or what do you eat in the week leading up to a big race? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never used to eat breakfast and, uh, you know, the Boston Marathon used to start at noon and we never had breakfast. I, it was just different, yeah. uh, but now I eat breakfast so <laughs> I eat breakfast every morning and, uh, I never drank coffee till recently and now oh. I drink coffee every morning. So I get up, have a little toast and jelly or toast, and sometimes I put peanut butter on it. Sometimes I put jelly on it. Uh, but I do have a cup of coffee and some put something in my stomach, and it really helps me out. I wish I would have done that years ago. Mm. But when I was younger, like if I started a run at 6 a.m., you know, I got up at 5.45. Yeah. Just <laughs> a little different. There you go. Out the door. I start running at 7 a.m. I'm up at 5 to have some coffee, have a little bite to eat, stretch a little, get moving around. It's a little different than yeah. older age. I I always say to runners, you're either a coffee person or you're not. And if you are a coffee person, it does pay to get up early and have coffee and a little bite to eat. And you that's have some downtime before you get out there and run. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I tend to do. But I'm also retired and don't have to go to work in the morning before covid now right now i run early in the morning because i try to avoid people i like yeah. to run on this rail trail that we have and uh, if i go early i don't see anybody so i tend to go early but i was always a runner that uh ran at lunchtime at work partially because when you work at runner's world you can we had this little blackboard and i just write hey going for a 10 mile run i'll be back at this time and, you know so people knew where i was but it's fun to have a job like that where you just yeah. 10 mile run is you do your 10 mile run at lunchtime and then you come back and eat lunch. It was uh, that's awesome. a little different if you had a real job, but that was uh, how to be if fit. you had a real job. Yeah. It was so weird because it was sort of like, you know, it was kind of like not, a, not a real job, so to speak, but, but I worked hard. It wasn't not like I didn't do anything, but, but anyway, back on the question, it really, it is beneficial to get something in your stomach early in the morning. I learned that. So, and again, if you're not a coffee person. Don't do it. I don't have to get up that early. Uh, but if you are a coffee person, I suggest allowing some time before you head out to run. Yeah. Get something in your stomach, get that coffee. And then uh, I think it's beneficial. Coffee. Well, we've covered. Yeah. Now I, so I, I meet some people every once in a while that don't drink coffee and I always tell yeah. them don't start because once you start, you're never going to stop. You're going to be like, <laughs> I, I, true. and it's on true. race day, especially if you're, oh, if, yeah. you know, if you're having that coffee, you might have to prep for a, for a, uh, a, a potties, bio break. Yeah. Potties, yeah. Something. At some point on the course. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. we have, we have covered a running question. Yes. We've covered an eating question. We do have a drinking question as well. 
Yeah. And this has to do with pre-race, during race, and post-race hydration practices. Sure. Okay. What, what are yours and what do you recommend? Yeah. So, you know, a summertime race or warm temperature race, obviously I would take some fluids in early in the morning, probably cut off the fluids about 45 minutes before the start. So you can make a couple bathroom breaks and then not have to stop after the race starts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does pay to hydrate a little bit the morning of the race. During the race, I love those cliff blocks. Those. Oh, yeah. For some reason, those, those are the best for me. And, you know, you got to experiment what works for you. Yeah. One of those things really work for me. I love them and they're easy to carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I really make sure, especially in warmer temperatures, to yeah. uh, concentrate that I have fluid on the course or somehow I'm going to get fluid, whether I got to do loops or whatever you got to do to make sure you stay hydrated. Because that's, that's what we do dehydrated a lot. is the worst. Oh, and then post-race, yes. after you finish, it really does pay to make sure you are hydrated with some, whether it's an electrolyte drink afterwards or just some water and then then you can indulge in the adult beverage if that's your choice. I'm not a drinker, but you know, a, yeah. a lot of runners are. So it's, uh, but I always, I always tell them, make sure you are hydrated. Hydrate first. first. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Water. Electrolytes. Yeah. And if you can get a little bit of food in you, it's a big help. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could have some unfortunate circumstances if you don't get hydrated first. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, will go right to your head if you're <laughs> really dehydrated. It's not good. So runner, now, runners and beer really get along for some reason. It's, it, a very it's true. Event. We didn't know that when we started. It's true. And that is actually <laughs> yes. something we've discovered over the last four years of doing the show. There are a bunch of run clubs at breweries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. And a lot, of, yeah. a lot of wine runs. Yeah. If, the, if a run has the word beer in it, you're going to get a lot of guys, more guys than women. If a run has, has the word wine in it, you're going to get more women than men. So, I, I, it's kind of like, a, I see it. You know, I go to some of these races, uh, put it in wine country and they are like 75% women. The girls go and do their girls trip. Uh, I go to one that's Mother's Day weekend on the Saturday of Mother's Day weekend. Ooh. And, uh, you know, I always thought, wow, the race director's taking a chance having it near Mother's Day. But the, the women always tell me, uh, we went to our husbands and say, look, you're not going to buy me anything stupid. What you're going to do is take care of the kids. I'm going yeah. off with four other girls. We're going to go get mud baths and all this stuff, run this half marathon. I'll be home by Saturday night and be there for Mother's Day. There you go. <laughs> That's it's a perfect gift. Present. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny to, to see that. So, but, uh, but yeah, but I'm telling you, runners and beer, they go together. <laughs> Hand and glove. What do you have anything coming up on the horizon that, that uh, you're, you're looking forward to? Or that you yeah, want to share with the, get, our listeners? Yeah. I just want to get back out there. Every mm -hmm. race that's, you know, it has me coming in to speak or whatever, you know, have now pushed to the fall. So yeah, lots of them I'm hoping that we can get back out there. I don't have anything really on my schedule. I'd like yeah. to personally do a couple races. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably do a couple trail runs uh, local in Pennsylvania. Let's say really yeah. get back to the normal and 
I should be getting my vaccine in next week, I think. So right now Good in Pennsylvania, they're doing everyone 75 and older. Yeah. And then next week, it's going to shift to 65 and older. So I'll fit in that category. It's good stuff. Well, yeah. Getting the vaccine will be a big help. And, you know, hopefully vaccinating people is going to help us out in general. I hope so, too. Yeah. yeah. We'll see if we can really. Yeah. How can people f- find you or find out more about your incredible history with running? Yeah. I mean, I do have a website, Bargasso.com, but I'm really not active on it these days. And, yeah. Uh, but I do post stuff on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and it's all Bargasso. I, uh, so there you go. So yeah, we will definitely link to. Yeah, we'll definitely link to your social media. We want people to be able to follow yes. you and get the latest from what you're doing and yeah. sharing uh, from your continuing running journey. Mm-hmm. From, yeah, yeah. Uh, from a guy who doesn't really know how to retire, apparently. <laughs> yeah, retirement—it's a different life, but but I still want to be in. I mean, I said when I left my office that I was still going to stay connected to the running community because it means a lot to me and uh, have so many friends in this community. So I got to keep going. Well, your connection to us and all of this time that you have blessed us with tonight has just been incredible. And thank you. We can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us and with the members of our Runcation Nation, our our running community, our run walk run community and runcationing community that we hope to be able to get back to really soon. Bart Yasso, mayor of running, you are an inspiration to us and we appreciate the time you took to talk on our show. Oh, today. No words. It means a lot. It really does. So can you guess why I was so excited about this third part of the interview? Tell me. You don't know? You don't even know? I can't guess. No. Because we incorporated our patrons' questions. Oh, yes. That was so exciting for me to have planned this whole interview and arranged it successfully and then to put it out there to the patrons and have some of the patrons submit some questions. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And I hope that I do that again very soon. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very nice of Bart to sit and entertain the questions and then just, just hang out and, yeah. and talk like that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will be able to reconnect with Bart in the not too distant future and perhaps bring you guys an interview with another luminary in the running world. Oh, I hope so. In the coming weeks and months. Mm, I hope so. If there's somebody that you guys would like to hear us talk to, let us know. Send us an email, info at runeatdrink.net, or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Sure. And just send us a a DM and say, hey, why don't you guys try to get so-and-so? And let us know why and why you think that'd be a good interview. We'd love to get some ideas from you guys as to who you'd like to hear us talking to. We will certainly do our very best to make it happen. And you guys don't realize this, but Amy looks like she's like a duck on a pond. It looks very calm and cool and collected on the surface, but those feet are kicking like mad underneath. Mm. And she is hard at work already. 
trying to land some other interviews for you guys. And I'm not going to say with who. I'm just going to say that we're having to navigate the international dateline and hemispheres and craziness like that. So we're working on it, and we will let you know when there is something to let you know about. We've done it before. We can do it we again. We can do it again. We have the technology. We can do it. I can't, we can't rebuild it, but we have the technology. We can make it happen. Okay. There we go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have the technology that tells me what time it is in every time zone. So <laughs> That's true. That is true. I also have the technology that tells me when it's time to eat. Oh, yeah. And it is time to talk about food. You have to remind yourself to eat. Man, I want to eat all the time. I'll tell you, this weekend, I really was feeling why I run. the brunch thing. I think it was a we combination had, of the cooler weather. We had some rain and over the, the weekend. the cold front coming through. And the yeah. cold front, and it just made you want to like have the like bundle up and, and have one of those really soft coats and or snuggie a, a sn- yeah a snuggie <laughs> a bathrobe i don't know a snuggie is like a whole outfit it's like a whole get up it is it? kind of it's backwards like a, robe it's or, a really big backwards robe yeah or is it like pajamas that you no no it's no. like a backwards robe i don't remember i remember seeing the commercials it's a blanket I just with don't. sleeves yeah but it, it was that kind of weather the point is that it was that kind of weather and that really made us we just hankered for some brunch some warming the soul kind of food yeah so we decided to go across the bridge over to downtown fort myers and if you're not familiar with this part of florida southwest florida we're about two hours south of tampa Mm -hmm. on the gulf coast of florida so this is the area of the state where you tend to come the beaches are a little more serene you Mm. don't get the big waves unless there's a storm Mm. Uh, we don't Mm -hmm. have big Mm. surf of any kind normally but we do have great boating great fishing yeah we do have beautiful beaches in the area And Fort Myers is the county seat of Lee County, Florida, which is the county in which we live. And that area, is it's an old city. It was founded in the 1800s. It's everything you would expect from like a major metro. The downtown area is mostly commercial, law offices, government buildings. But there is an area down near the river that over the last several years has had a bit of a renaissance. We have run by that river and across the older bridge, the Edison Bridge, during the Cops and Joggers, like I talked about before the running segment of our show. Love that race. Love that race because it was a nighttime race and they are few and far between and we really miss those kinds of races. But... It's a beautiful area. The sunsets are gorgeous over the water. Mm-hmm. But it's also a throwback to my childhood because at the arcade theater, there were many summer drama programs. Really? That I would participate in. So you've played the arcade. It was, you you would audition and they would have several acts from local high schools make it into like monologues from plays and things like that. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of many historical buildings down there. Mm -hmm. Harborside Convention Center. That's where I accepted the Golden Apple for Excellence in Teaching in 2002. 
So there are many very positive memories down there. Yeah. In in downtown Fort Myers. Yeah. And of course, in this area where it's begun to get revitalized, we're seeing this renaissance of small boutique food and uh, beverage places, whether it's coffee shops, wine bars. Mason's famous lobster rolls. Mason's. We covered them. That's the most recent food from downtown Fort Myers. You're right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's literally walking distance from the place we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. And Mason's is one of the newest restaurants down yeah. there. Yeah. So I, I said D-Hop, but that was really the last one that we covered down there that was connected to a race hill down there, I guess you could say. Correct. My bad. Yeah. But, but it's got this beautiful area down there where you've got like this... this alleyway that you walk through that's brick and mm. the the restaurants are all in a courtyard and yeah. you're, you're in that courtyard you can go to three or four different spots where we're talking about the standard is actually just Ugh. outside of the courtyard on Ugh. one of the main streets right in downtown oh and it is a hopping place especially at the time we were there we were there on a saturday yes saturday morning i think we were there around 10 or 11 o'clock oh and there was something to be said about going to a restaurant like that and i know right now many of our listeners are in states that are still in various stages of lockdown sure and we're, we're telling this story because we're painting the picture just to give you an idea. The rules are going to be different from state to state, sure. and municipality to municipality. But here in our area, it's a very open uh, environment. So restaurants are operating at, can, ap- can operate at full capacity. Mm-hmm. Many have mask requirements mm-hmm. for either patrons, staff, or both. And this one in particular, you have the option. Of course, nobody's going to tell you you can't wear your mask in, but they were really operating at capacity. Mm-hmm. And we got there and we hear music. Not just any music, it was karaoke. Karaoke, as they say in Japan. Wow. I don't, I don't know. Wow. I don't even know. <laughs> What's going on right now? Me either. Yeah. But it was a hustle and bustle kind of environment. It was busy and loud. And I think that there was a a bridal shower. It was either a bridal shower or a birthday. A a birthday birthday of some sort because somebody was wearing a sash and it was just, and the bar was hopping. The, it was just, it reminded me of going out on the town before the pandemic. Yeah, this was the closest thing we've had to a totally normal feeling outing. Yes. That we've had in a long time. And it was very pleasant for that reason. And it was great. We got there. We're talking with the hostess. She said, I have uh, seating outside that we have. They have in this particular area. The standard is located on Broadway in downtown and it's walking distance from some government buildings. Mm -hmm. And that particular stretch is 
a pretty well-traveled road, but yes. on the side of the, the business, it's a cut through that takes you out to the courtyard and back to, and in that cut through, there are some other businesses and they have some outdoor seating. So she was initially going to take us out there. Yes. And as we were walking through, one of the other waitresses told her, oh, that table is available. And they said, would you like to sit inside instead? And it was nearer to the karaoke show. Oh, yeah. We got a full view of the karaoke show. And actually, it, it was um, drag queen karaoke, to be specific. And But it was not the drag queen performer actually performing. They, they were more the MC. Yeah. Yes. But also, our table was near the kitchen so that... We could see many of the dishes on their way to tables. And covet them. So we could gauge the things that looked good to us and what, what we wanted to try. What was your initial impression walk, watching the food come out? Oh, my God. Huge portions. Oh, yep. <laughs> Huge portions. And at that time, it was brunch time. So it was $20 bottomless mimosa and bottomless bloody marys i know this is not the beverage portion of our show but we're seeing that come out and we're seeing just oh and let me oh. expand on that for just a second the standards standard operating procedure you see what i did there i see what you did is that the bottomless mimosas and bottomless bloody marys are all day every day for $20 Wow. When I actually, when we talked to our waiter, I said, tell me what you're known for. And he said, we're known for our bottomless Bloodies. Okay. And, and they, I remember him saying that shout out to Tim. Yes. Who took excellent care of us. He was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I also liked the fact that as we walked to our table, we went by the bar and there were several local Florida breweries represented. They had Coastal Days Brewing, which is a, a local brewery in downtown Fort Myers. Yep. Big Storm mm-hmm. was on there, yeah, uh, and a couple of others um, that were, if not the Southwest Florida area, they were at least Florida, Florida breweries as well. Yeah, so I don't. I wish I'd taken a picture of the the board, but I did not. Would have been harder to hard to get that shot. It was pretty. Yeah. That, that there was a very large that party we were talking about was quite large. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what we ate though, because. We've been going on and on about the environment. I, I know, but it was it, people. I went on about it because the environment. It's so was good, though. I yeah, friendly, fun. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to lie. We were both making some noises or making some faces at the noises some of the singers were making, but it was fun. I mean, everybody was cutting I don't loose. Think I could ever do. I did karaoke one time. One time. I've never seen this, folks. Well, I was in high school, and we were at two separate high schools, and and you were in Tampa, and I was here. And we, the group I was with decided, let's get up there because it's the holidays and sing the 12 days of Christmas. Never. Never, 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 never. Do the 12 days of Christmas. Do the 12, because. That song goes on forever. Yes. (laughs) It's so bad. Don't ever do that. Oh yeah, I, oh it was never ending. Yeah, and at one was, point, I think I sat down and, and took a break <laughs> and took a break because it was just so never ending. Oh, so bad, and I can't carry a tune, so it was a disaster. So I can't ever do karaoke again. Okay, 
It's, I'll have nightmares. You're but not, watching others is a thrill. It, it's, an, it's enjoyable, it no was. matter what their level of talent, skill, skill commitment, discipline. Yeah. So <laughs> we're we're watching the karaoke. We're and it's an amazing, diverse group of people. We had it every, was so fun. Everybody from t- from kids to. Uh, retirees yeah. in this place. To it like was trios loud. of girls and just, oh, yeah, it was very great. loud. It was very loud. We're looking over the menu. And let me give you guys an idea of some of the starters. They have house-made potato chips, of yeah. course, but yeah. then some southern, what would you call it, a southern delicacy? Well, yes. It's a southern staple, if you will, the Cajun toss fried pickles. Now, listen, I've seen fried pickles. Yeah. But Cajun tossed? Sounds very interesting. That's new to me. That sounds interesting. That's new. They have uh, poutine, buffalo chicken dip. That's, I don't see that all that often on a starter menu. No, no, not at all. Mm, The black and blue beef tips with blue cheese and arugula. It was like, it's almost described as a salad. But I'm going to tell you that based on our experience with our entrees, they don't skimp on beef or meat of any kind in any dish. No. But we opted for a new menu item that or was labeled as new on the menu. And that is their jalapeno cheddar and sausage corn muffins with Chris's homemade sausage baked inside. Oh, and it came with butter, and there were three of them in the appetizer, and they came to the table warm. Almost hot. And you break them apart, and you spread on the butter, and it just melts, and it's it's not it's not cakey, the consistency. It's just, it's, it's like, it's like the perfect cornbread, just airy. And it crumbles in your mouth. And the sausage is not super spicy. If anybody is afraid of that, it is like the sage breakfast sausage flavor. And I was going to say, it's also not a real overpowering flavor either. It's, it's, it's a mild sausage flavor. And the spices are definitely there in terms of flavor, you can, you, in terms of flavor and what you can taste in there. Not something that would coat your mouth that would leave you with an aftertaste. No, not what I mean. Did you did you get that from the jalapeno? No, that's what I'm saying. In the sausage or the jalapeno, like the jalapeno was just there to be like a like a salt and pepper kind of thing. Not really an overly spicy. Here, I just let me. It's a chicken wing spicy sauce. Yeah, I didn't get any spice at all. No. I thought that the... Or like a raw jalapeno. No. I th- no, no, no. I think what you said is exactly right. I, they they almost used the jalapeno. They probably did a great job at deveining and deseeding them. And they yeah. were really using the jalapeno for that green, waxy, peppery kind of flavor mm-hmm. to complement that sausage. Yeah cut through the fattiness of the sausage what'd you think of them i they were delightful would you get them again i would but i want to try other things on the menu you know what i mean i do oh yeah so and this was our first time going we don't we've been hearing about this place for for two years oh my gosh 
And I just, and I know that the temptation is to sit down and immediately go back to something that you first ordered and first fell in love with, but black and blue beef tips, blues and barbecue, the pickles. Ah, Yeah. They have a number of items on their starter menu that really tap into some Southern delicacy. You could make a meal out of all the starters, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Or or of two or three and be satisfied. And the starters range anywhere from about uh, $6 on up to 14, depending on what you're getting. Our jalapeno cheddar and sausage corn muffins were six bucks. That's not bad. No. And... They were the perfect size to lead into what I thought was an amazing brunch. And you ordered, if you had not ordered what you ordered, I was going to order it. It was hard. They have different hash dishes in terms of brunch. They have different hashes. They had a Southwestern hash. They had a Radio City. And you'll see Radio City in their sandwich section, in their brunch section, it's their house-made pastrami. Oh, I am a sucker for a good pastrami. And I was this close to getting that Radio City hash. But short rib was calling to me. Short rib. Or the Southwest hash that had chicken chorizo. Yeah, now that that was interesting to me because I've never split. seen I've never seen a chicken sausage spiced as ch- spiced like chorizo, and so, it had the verde like a green salsa, okay. and so I'm a sucker for salsa verde. So I was this close to getting the Southwest hash, but the short rib, I am I love a good short rib. And if you've ever cooked short ribs at home, mm. they, they are a they're a meat that requires a little bit of care to get right but if you do it the payoff is fantastic but it usually requires you to not only sear them mm. to get some caramelization on the meat but you've also got to slow cook them which is what i i would for many years i would sear them and then put them in our crock pot for yeah. hours yeah because you got to go slow and slow with those to break down the connective tissue mm-hmm. to so that they tenderize mm-hmm. but once you do they're phenomenal so yeah talk this about this hash. hash i had a i had a short rib hash which was braised short rib potatoes like home fry potatoes peppers onions and eggs your way with a side of toast what a white re- wheat rye what have you for sixteen ninety nine? And I know you're thinking sixteen ninety nine. Let me just tell you, there was an entire layer of short rib <laughs> in this. It was an obscene amount of food. Every single bite had short rib in it, and the short rib was tender. You could tell that it would, if it were on the bone, it would fall off the bone. Oh, that's perfect. So. Great. And spiced perfectly, just a little bit of salty. And the short rib is just like those strings of of meat with the peppers and the onion. And you, I got my eggs over easy. So it was that yolk that broke and just permeated the whole skillet. It came in a little like, here's a single serving skillet. Single serving. You probably could split it with somebody and be full. But I think so. Yeah. It was good. Meat in every bite, those peppers, onions, the egg. It was just a feed your soul kind of dish. 
and I would get it again, except for that I want to try the, the Radio City hash or the Southwest hash. But you got a sandwich. Yeah, I was so torn because I we, we just recently featured a hash on the show that you can cook at home. I love getting... Oh, the sweet potato hash. That mm-hmm. was great. And I love Good getting... Good veggie hash. Like a meat hash like you got. Mm. I, I'm a huge fan of corned beef. I love pastrami. Mm. A hot pastrami on rye sandwich is one of my favorites of all time. Oh. So when I saw that that short rib hash, when I saw the Radio City hash, I, I was really attracted to them. They do, they tap into a lot of Southern influences, but mm-hmm. they also tap into a lot of influences from the Northeast. Oh. So they, they had some things in here like uh, smoked salmon uh, bagel that was cream cheese, capers, red onion, tomato, mm. hard boiled egg. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. I love lox eggs and onions. Mm-hmm. You talk about that a lot. That's a favorite of mine. Yeah, but I, I well, biscuits started, and gravy is on the menu. Hello, and you can add eggs to that. Oh. But I started looking at their sandwiches because they had a really interesting, diverse selection. They had they have a know, vegan sausage sandwich. They had a couple of vegan options, which I considered doing. Yeah, but. At the same time, I wanted to try some stuff that was uniquely theirs. Sure. They were doing an Eggs Benedict sandwich. They were doing a Southwestern Benedict. They were doing their takes on breakfast. I do. Yeah. A breakfast burrito and breakfast quesadillas. Mm. They also had this sandwich called The Hangover. I just love it for the name, personally. And I read this and I said, this is probably the way I'm going to go. It sounded so good. Yeah. The sandwich is, it's $16.99 for the sandwich. And that comes with a side of the home fries as well. Quite delightful. The sandwich is topped with ham, bacon, the house-made sausage, scrambled eggs with caramelized onions, Mm. mushrooms, and cheddar cheese, and they do this on a brioche bun. I love a brioche bun. I do too. And Ugh. this thing comes out. My plate is completely full. The sandwich huge. is somewhere between the size of a softball and... I don't know, like a Frisbee? I'm thinking if a softball is this big and I'm making a a shape with my hands here, it's great, makes for great podcasting. Uh, (laughs) Probably somewhere between a softball and a child's bowling ball. It was enormous. Like a Nerf ball? Yeah, maybe a Nerf football would be a great way. That's about right, a Nerf football. Yeah. So this thing comes out. It is overflowing. They must have had three eggs on that thing. It looked amazing. The ham was thick cut. It's like country ham that my dad talks about. Except it wasn't. It wasn't. Sir. I know. I know. The bacon was crisp, crisp, crisp. Their sausage, super mild, but very flavorful. And the kind of the secret weapon on this sandwich was something I wasn't expecting was how good the caramelized onions and mushrooms were. They actually yeah. served, they, they did a combination of basically sauteing probably either white or Vidalia onion, and then they basically chopped up baby Bella mushrooms. Mm. 
and put that on the sandwich. And what a great combination to go with mm. everything else because the ham mm. has a salt component, the bacon, the sausage, the eggs are, but then you get this bit of sweetness from the caramelized onions and then you get this earthiness from the mushrooms mm. and then the cheddar is this tart component that kind of ties everything together but the and then just the cherry on top of my awesome breakfast sunday was the brioche bun i love the eggy slightly sweetness slight it's sweetness like of a, a buttery bun yeah very oh. much so this sandwich was insane mm. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, you let me take a bite of yours. I was jealous of yours, but then I'd go back to mine and go, oh. no, I'm pretty good. No, no, Why? yours. Why? Because yours was the insanely sausage, good. The sausage on yours. The short rib on yours. I, there there was no wrong answer on our, at our table. No. So we ended up uh-uh. just super satisfied. So. We didn't go for any dessert after that. Oh, how could you? <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't. So I highly recommend the standard. I can't wait to go back and try other options. Yeah, as races begin to return to Southwest Florida and members of the Runcation Nation yeah. and new listeners start thinking about coming down here for vacation, oh. coming down here for Runcations, uh-huh. you now have a place to go that is an absolute must check out for brunch while you're here we've we have featured some very very strong local options of late and this is no exception but before we go on and talk about the drink portion of our show we want to say thank you to all of our patrons for your support and the growth you've allowed us to achieve especially given that we're just coming off of that year that was 2020 you have helped us so much and your contributions as patrons you have helped us grow in 2021 so much. And I mean, I can't wait for you to give the patrons a tour of the studio and all of the changes that they have helped us make to improve the quality of the show. Yeah. What we didn't talk about in the previous segment was the fact that prior to us going out for brunch, Mm -hmm. I was actually hanging the computer display on the wall. Yes. And redoing some of the wiring making sure that everything's you know the cable management's done properly and and just waiting on some other stuff to get in but we are almost there and i cannot wait to show everybody and this is 100 percent because of you guys he's putting the finishing touches on our technology so that we can keep bringing you the show there are live races that some of you have run that are coming back slowly but despite this past year's challenges and the challenges that are still going on, we've been able to keep bringing you great stuff in the show because of your support. If you go to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast, we've got three levels of monthly support, $2, $5, or $10. And each has its own special perks mm-hmm. that enable us to keep adding content and adding quality to the show mm-hmm. and to return the favor, we are adding yes. content and quality to those perks yes. as well. For example, we gave early access to the third part of Bart's interview oh. this week. 
Patrons get a special thank you message from us, a birthday shout out, a look behind the scenes. There have been some behind the scenes pieces of footage that we've dropped into those early access videos. Mm-hmm. Your uh, patrons get a look at cooking demos, exclusive tastings of favorite foods and beverages that maybe we didn't have time to cover on the show. Or maybe we shot specially for them. Or we shot specially for them. So if you're not a patron already, we hope that you'll visit patreon.com slash runnydrinkpodcast to learn more and become a patron today. Our show is always going to be free, guys. But if you want more Runny Drink Podcast content and you want to support the show long term, check us out. Patreon.com slash runnydrinkpodcast. As always, we thank everyone for every way you have supported and continue to support the Runny Drink Podcast. Now let's talk drinks because oh yeah, we didn't leave the downtown Fort Myers area for this. We did not. In fact, this was a great opportunity for us to explore and it actually made me want to come back because we've been hearing about a new spot that opened up in downtown Fort Myers mm-hmm. for the last, probably the last several months. It, yeah. It's popped up more and more. Mm-hmm. The Luminary Hotel. Gorgeous which is a beautiful resort-style hotel that has opened up in downtown Fort Myers right on the river. It has that feel. It is not only (sighs) a spot that attracts people for vacation, people for business travel, it is also a convergent spot for locals. Oh, yeah. Because they've opened three restaurants there mm-hmm. one of which down or i'm sorry three restaurants and the coffee shop that we're going to talk about in a second mm. but the three restaurants there are two sit-down restaurants downstairs mm-hmm. and a sky bar oh yeah 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 oh, that the, i want to go to so much and the sky bar has become a very fast favorite for locals here in southwest florida i really want to check it out so it looks like that tells me that the Running Drink podcast is going back to the Luminary at some point. But Yeah, can we just have a staycation there? We might be able to work that out. Because it was gorgeous. It, it really that is place. just beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed when we were there, mm. even their hotel bar had Florida beers on tap. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. But we're not talking beer. No, we're not. We're not talking beer. And that's, I know, last week's beer chat was not really a beer chat. It was Coke and coffee. It was. Chat. For the most part. And. And this week's probably not (laughs) going to be a beer chat either. It's going to be some other kind of chat. Yeah. But we ended up going there specifically for coffee we did because we saw an event pop up on social media yeah that was a coffee connoisseur tasting and certification and it was what a 15 dollars per person mm-hmm. and you get a tasting of several different types of coffee and this was hosted yeah. At the Luminary Hotel. Mm-hmm. In their gorgeous space. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we go on about the event, let's talk about that space for a second. Yeah. The place where their, I guess it was labeled their workshop room, their yeah. conference room. It was. That's it's like, not a conference room. It's 
a palatial estate. It's like the you it's stadium seating and humongous televisions set up for each area of the room. The gallery. The gallery, if you will, so that whatever presentation is going on at the front, you can see everywhere. And what is at the front of the room is a permanently built demo kitchen. Like they're going to have cooking demos. They're going to have coffee tastings. They're going to have beverage demonstrations. I think that the possibilities are just endless. It, and it was it was just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. it, this looked like hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment for a beautiful space. Yeah. So we go there, paid our $15. Yeah, you sign up online and it was, through their event. And the event, it was an event posted by the Luminary Hotel mm -hmm. on their Facebook page, I believe. Yes. Is what we were, we saw it. Yes. And the, it's a series of coffee tastings they're going to have all through the spring as well. I would do it again. Mm -hmm. Master Roaster at Dean Street Coffee Roastery and the founder of Rebel Coffee in Cape Coral, Ulrich Winkler, actually gave the seminar along with his family. And that was so, it was really sweet, actually. Yeah. He was just the a very interesting man. Yeah. Talking, listening to him talk about coffee and travel and... His life's work. It was his life's work. It really was. Yeah. And it was about a two-hour mm -hmm. talk. I think that it was scheduled for only an hour. But, but it went about two. Yeah, and I think that part of that was in a traditional coffee tasting. He described a, a, a traditional coffee tasting. Mm -hmm. And that you would come up and you would have a spoonful of the coffee and like, slurp it and slurp it and then spit spit into it's like a wine tasting yeah yeah but current conditions dictated that we would have a, a setup at our seats that was very smart yeah and there was a tall cup and then there were several little cups where they would create a they would make a french press of the different types of coffees that he taught us about. Mm -hmm. And then we would get to sample those. Yeah. He and his family, he would give the talk and it was basically a lecture. Yeah. And he, he had up on the televisions that were the, uh, up on the televisions that were all across the room. There were beautiful keynote slides full of information. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was a, a a very condensed version of that coffee college that. That's I what went you to. were saying the whole entire time too. I was like, "This is great," yeah. and I remembered a lot of it, and some of it, I'm like, "Oh yeah." Hey, the history, and I think he even laughed about this. He's like, "How do they even know it was before Wikipedia? It was before we even wrote encyclopedias? Like, where this was handed down probably through oral storytelling tradition and." just how that the that a goat herder was the first to find coffee because of the different behavior of segments of his goat herd that were eating the cherries that were eating the cherries the coffee cherries yeah and the, half of them were like hey yeah we could stay awake all night and then like half of them weren't and when he tried the cherry and he the way that it was told in the seminar was 
that it, the he didn't like the taste, so he threw it in the fire, and then it released the pleasant aroma of the coffee bean. And I'm sure that there are several different variations as to way that that was told and what that but it's just interesting that the story of how coffee was discovered and he also went into health benefits of coffee which i was a super fan of so we're basically going to be immortal which yeah. is nice to know mm-hmm. i think one of our followers sent me a meme that's that said there's something about coffee benefits the more you drink, the better off you are. So I'm going to be immortal. Yep. Some kind of coffee meme like that. I think it was Dan Rams who sent was that. Was it? I think yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, great, great, great. Because you have a decreased risk of certain kinds of cancer, like colon cancer, postmenopausal cancer, liver cancer. I, and he was citing studies. And I was like, this is my kind of research. Yes healthful benefits of coffee it really was for the win and the whole time so he's lecturing and as he's lecturing his family is circulating through Mm -hmm. the room and they're pouring you just a little tasting Mm -hmm. of different varietals of bean from around the world yeah and he is going into the difference between types of bean whether it's arabica beans or robusta beans Oh, he saved Robusta for, for the, very last because he said that it would ruin our palates if we had it first. He wasn't wrong. Because it, it just, I, I didn't, just to full transparency, I didn't really care for it. I, and that's not surprising. The Typically, and he, he touched on it, but that was even one when I was in, in coffee college, they talked about the fact mm-hmm. that the Robusta variety of bean is grow is much more hardy and can grow anywhere like a weed like weed yeah and it doesn't have the same flavor and a lot of times that because of it doesn't require as much care and tending and it'll grow anywhere it's it's a cheaper lower quality bean it's often Uh used by lower quality coffee uh, companies yeah and it tasted exactly like old burnt office coffee and this was burnt coffee this was a fresh medium roasted french French press press. and it tasted that way now imagine putting that coffee bean in an old percolator Mm. or a a mr coffee or just letting it sit for hours yeah Mm. terrible but that was nice to contrast the arabica and the robusta bean yeah it's interesting and i didn't really know about that kind of the the two most common varietals and also, we went into, there was a diagram of the whole coffee plant, and he went into the way that the coffee was harvested and showed off some pictures from his travels. And I, I, I didn't know that the longer a coffee bean was roasted, the, the less caffeine it has. Yes. Hello. Everybody thinks that it's espresso is what's going to get you. Wrong. It's that light roast that's yeah. going to get you. Yeah, so live and learn like all these different facts. Yeah, that- it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I yeah. would I would go to the rest of the series, and yeah. I loved the fact that every coffee they brought around mm-hmm. tasted a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, reinforced some of my established likes and dislikes that I already have. Your knowledge, your coffee well, knowledge, also. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but mainly that. Yep, I still don't really care for Ethiopian coffee. I really like Costa Rican. 
Yes, you do. You talk about that a lot, Costa Rican. Yeah, just little things like that that was kind of nice to see. And then we also learned he was pointing out the fact he was not a fan of certain pods, certain coffee pods. Yes. Because the companies don't use the best quality beans, according to him, depending on the the manufacturer of that particular pod. Mm. But the one that we've defaulted to for our house uh, uses high quality coffee, but it's very expensive. Yes. So we love it. Yeah. Yes. Amy talks about it on her coffee chats. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you know what it is. We're not going to plug it here, though. Yeah. You know what it is. But it was, I, I had a blast. And he, he was presenting. He was very knowledgeable. And funny. And the place, again, that space was great. And it's right on the backside of Dean Street Coffee in the hotel lobby. Which at the end of the seminar, when we received our certificates, he told us there would be a quiz at the end, but there was no quiz. He was very nice to us. He gave us certificates of completion and then he had us do um, normally i think that the roasting demonstration would be more of a group kind of field trip and a little bit more intensive but it was basically like a walk by when you see some of the coffee roasting yeah and we were able to after the class go out to dean street which is basically i mean when you think of a high-end hotel Mm. coffee shop that's what you're going to see there. Yeah. Beautiful tile backsplash, great little pastry case. and the Roasters and right there. Grabbing but that was a nice touch. That was so great. They actually are roasting coffee mm-hmm. right, right there. there. Right there. And you can smell it mm-hmm. and watch it and yeah. walk right up and see the roasting happening. Yeah. It was a great experience. Yeah. Mm. So we had a lot of fun there, and so, we also yeah. got to talk to him a little bit and learn a little bit about his company, Rebel Coffee Roastery, yeah. here in Cape Coral. So we're going to have to try to make our way over there in the not-too-distant future. Of course. And try some of his local wares as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to link to this because, again, if you're traveling to Southwest Florida, and it's within your means. If you're looking for a nicer hotel experience, you may want to consider staying downtown at the Luminary Hotel. Mm-hmm. It puts you right there with some amazing food in the hotel. Mm-hmm. It puts you in an area right on the river that's great for getting your morning run in. Oh, yeah. But then also... The night view would be spectacular from that rooftop bar. And oh, yeah, mm, so and then, many benefits. And then, of course, you were just a hop, skip, and a jump away from brunch at the standard. Mm-hmm. Or you could any, walk there. Or any of the other places in downtown Fort Myers that you might want to go to explore. Oh, yeah, there's some really vibrant and awesome places. Yeah, can't say enough good about it. Mm. So check that out. We're going to have links to all of this in the show notes. Yes. Next week, we continue our series of episodes to help keep you motivated. We've had an awesome interview these last three weeks. And this next week, we have yet another interview to introduce you to some fellow podcasters you should be listening to if you aren't already and a virtual race that they're hosting that promises to be tons of fun. Do I have to finish my virtual before next week? Or are we just going to talk about their virtual? 
their virtual isn't until April. So I have to finish my virtual for next week. So we're going to give our listeners and the Runcation Nation some time to sign up so that we can all partake. So Dana's going to be running fun. this week. Yeah. I got to get caught up. Well, you know. That's okay. I'm, all right. up, I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. We don't have to have a report next week. We could have a report maybe the following week if you want. I'll leave that up to you. I just know yeah. that I'm going to be running. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah, and I'll continue to plot along and make progress. If you haven't yet, please take the time to follow us on social media so you don't miss a minute of the fun when it comes to our live chats and more. Amy is all over mm. Instagram doing coffee chats. Try We do a weekly beer chat in the yeah. evenings on Wednesdays. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Run, Eat, Drink Podcast, all one word. And on Twitter, we are at Run, Eat, Drink Pod. And since we've started doing some live streams mm -hmm. using StreamYard, we yeah. are also broadcasting our live streams to Twitter using their Periscope app. Mm -hmm. So you can it check comes out. Through on comes through on Twitter. Twitter. So you can check our video streams out right there on Twitter. Join the rest of the Runcation Nation as we all share tips and tricks and just laugh and hang out and, and build community together. Yeah. 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 So thank you all for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, wherever you are. I am your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.